Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening. This is the Pirates Fan Forum, and welcome to DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan, along with my co-host, Jim Stam. And we're happy to report we're recording our very last podcast-only edition of the show. It's been a good long run. Um, Next week, this show will start to be a podcast, but it's also going to be on YouTube joining a host of other great shows from all over Pittsburgh, like Yin's Hers, Round the 412, Steelers Nation, new shows we've created just for this new lineup. Chad and Eddie will be there. Uh, The show is going to premiere on Friday night, September 10th, every Friday night from there on out. And yes, it's still free. We truly hope you'll continue to listen or watch, I guess, if you really want to now. Um, Jim and I probably don't recommend the watch us part, but um, give other shows a shot too. These, these are some talented people. This is a big and we're truly honored to be part of it. I should also say we aren't going to change the spirit of this show. It's still about regular everyday fans who care about this team and want to have critical informed discussions about baseball. Um, I have to say as the first new podcast on this network, not hosted by an employee of, of DK Pittsburgh Sports, I'm, I'm pretty proud of what you guys have helped us accomplish with this show. And uh, it meant more to me than you could possibly know. And the outcome is pretty darn cool. So, Jim, I mean, say hello to everybody. And uh, everybody should know you by now that's been listening to the show. And feel free to talk to any of that before we dig in. Hey guys, um, yeah. Listen, this is this is just super exciting, um, and not only just you know for Gary and I, and um, you know the listeners, but just people that you know. The more this goes on, and the more reach we have, um, you know, th- this is just people that want to talk about baseball and talk about it intelligently, and you know, with with just some good people that know baseball and know what they're talking about and want to learn more. I mean, I learn something all the time. And, um, you know, Gary is, um, I know he, he feels the same about it. And the, the cool thing about this is, you know, it's, there's not a lot of outlets for this kind of stuff here in Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I don't need to go into names or anything, but you guys know that this is something that this market lacks. And, um, um, I think we're more than filling a void. Um, so I'm yeah. super excited to see where it goes. Yeah, it's been really cool. And, and we would be remiss to not just give a special shout out to Graves. She's been Absolutely. on every every other episode of this show since we started. And I don't plan on her stepping away anytime soon. Absolutely. Um, we're going to have her back on frequently. So without further ado, Jim, let's talk baseball. That's what people really came here for. Um We've seen the Pirates call up some prospects. We, you know, we left for dead, like Cole Tucker and bringing some older guys on expiring contracts like Yoshi and Shelby Miller and retreads. We hope we might find something early on and like Phillip Evans, not exactly what I'm traditionally looking for in a September call up. How about you, brother? I mean, I know they, they, they cut it back to only being able to call up two guys, but what do you think? 
Yeah, you know, it's it, it's it's a little bit of a bummer um, this year, um, simply because, um, and just just to uh, recap, so you know, if in case no one's familiar with it, uh, used to be they would expand the rosters up to forty, and you could call 10, 12 guys up, a lot of different types of guys, maybe um, anything from prospects to retreads to um, you know, guys that might have been hurt and you're just looking to get a good look at them before the season starts. And now with COVID and everything, they've changed it to two. Um, and then, you know, um, you know, the most painful part of that was the bullpen. Yeah. Because well, the and before they had this, uh, the three batter rule that they put in a few years ago, um, September call-ups were brutal to watch because you'd see three different pitchers in an inning sometimes like just wanting to get the right matchup. Exactly. Lefty specialist, righty specialist. Sometimes you'd see them change pitchers twice just to burn somebody's uh, bat uh, bench out. And I'm not, I don't miss that. (laughs) No, no. And, and fortunately, you know, they've, you know, with the three batter minimum rule and some of that has helped to mitigate it, but, you know, I just, it would have been nice. I think they could have used it this year, especially uh, ironically for some bullpen arms um, just to get some other guys up here and, and, and maybe lighten the load a little bit since they've been used so heavily. And uh, I don't know. And I haven't heard anything if this is permanent now or if they are going to seek to adjust it because it's such a big difference. See, that's what the thing before. in the CBA year. No, how can you, you can't say anything's permanent yeah yeah you know we i mean it won't happen but like in theory you could this game could come back with five bases now i mean like <laughs> they could do <laughs> well manfred is in charge so well, that's, hey and it, it would, is a it would possibility. help get rid of shifting wouldn't it <laughs> so you know who knows what they'll do in, in baseball you know i mean um I, yeah that's a silly example but you can't say anything is permanent yeah, and, and I guess for this year, because the, the Pirates are a little bit shorthanded, maybe in the in the, the prospect realm, um, that it's not going to matter. But I can see it next year being a bigger issue for them when they're right. really trying to start making that, maybe that push to, to fully kind of transform the roster and see what you've got with some of these young guys. Yeah. Cause there's big... some guys that are, you know, borderline going to be hitting triple a at the beginning of next year. Right. You know, a lot of the guys that are in, in double a this year, you yeah. know, you'd, you'd kind of hope O'Neill Cruz, if he hadn't been injured would already be in triple a, mm-hmm. you got to figure he's definitely starting there next year. Right. And I would hope. Um, so he's a guy that, you know, let's say the season plays out a certain way and he doesn't make it to the show, you know, on his own merits, he's a guy that you definitely want to be able to get eyes on in September. And if it remains at two, that's a tough ask sometimes. Right. Yeah. That, it just changes the complexion of, of getting eyes on players at this level. But I guess, are we maybe over overcomplicating it a bit because it's not like they're not getting eyes on these guys anyway. They're playing in AAA. They're, it's not like they're not watching them there. I, I guess maybe if there were more guys that merited a call-up, this might be a real thing to, to get upset about. Yeah, well, you take you even take a look at who the two call-ups were. Uh, it was Miller, Shelby Miller and Cranick, right? So That was um, Cranick. Now it's Evans, but yeah. 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 And, and see, this is, that's the thing too. Like there's ways around this. So. Right. Right. A uh, couple guys, days here for you. A couple days here for you. Yeah. Got guys get quote unquote hurt and uh, you, you, you navigate it anyway. But uh, yeah. So I think even just from looking like the pirates kind of gave you their answer with who they initially called up. Um, both. I think you're looking at Shelby Miller as part of that kind of guy they're looking to see if there's anything left there in the tank from what he used to be starter to reliever uh Kranich, uh they still view as a prospect so you're getting a little bit both ends of the spectrum but it also gives you an indication uh, they 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 didn't have a lot to uh, make decisions about either 
Right. And you know, you're kind of hoping with a Shelby Miller that he does okay. You know, you'd like to see him go out and do some clean work and out of the bullpen, but you want to make sure he has a bad game or two. If you're really thinking you're going to resign him, you know, yeah, you don't want him showcasing himself and going off somewhere else after you've done the work, but who knows, you know, maybe he'll end up trusting the system or the pitching development. Yeah. Who knows? It's possible. Hey, I'll tell you what, let's not dwell too much on it. Cause I think we both agree. They're going to make changes to that. I think they're going to probably drop some people off and bring some others up. So maybe we shouldn't worry too much at all. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these prospects that we are watching. the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Um, next up, what we want to discuss is, is is really just what we're seeing in some of the, the prospects so far. And um, I'm going to basically call out a name. We're going to evaluate them and go back and forth and talk a little bit about whether we think they stink or we think they're still learning. Because I think that's really how you have to watch prospects. Because for most of them, the answer is both. But sometimes, man, I don't want to watch them learn anymore. Um, so the first one I have, Jim, is uh, Hoy Park. Because we've seen a couple little stints from him now. And, you know, not sure what to think, to be honest. Yeah, um, that's a good one to start with. Um, because here's what's great about Twitter is I have seen already people declare him both stinky and still learning. So um, I've seen Hoy Park Stan accounts, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you got my burner now. So, well, there goes that. I'll have to create another one. But uh, no, like he's he's perfect. Okay, so here's what I here's what I look and think of Hoy Park. I definitely put him in the learning category. Um, first of all they seem to be infatuated with his versatility. So he's even learning still. I mean, they're bouncing around from the infield, the outfield. Um, it's his first real taste of consistent major league baseball. Right. Um, so yeah, like I look at him and think there's, there's intrigue there and maybe not a ton of upside, but definitely enough to say, he's definitely in the learning category and someone that I want to see more of just to see. I mean, you'd have to, now he has options and everything. And I would imagine he'll probably warrant a 40 man spot, but you have to think he and Cole Tucker in a weird way are locking horns for the same position. You really do. Now Cole can play shortstop, but Hoy plays third base and second base and first base and right field and left field, you know, and center field. I think we've even seen him in. So, I mean, he's certainly winning in the versatility aspect of, of that kind of role on the team, I would say. And he certainly has shown a little more with the bat than Cole Tucker, I would say. Well, yeah. I mean, he'd be hard pressed not to show more there to be polite about well, it. he did go through a really poor stretch there before he got demoted so you know it, i guess he's not the stretch as you remember per se he's somewhere in the middle there he's not as good as he looked when he first came up he's not as bad as he looked after he slumped right i love the fact that i'll tell you what he does like if if for no other reason if they find out that hoy park is just this like super utility guy that they can keep on a roster and it saves maybe some other spots or a spot or weird moves. Yeah. Or weird moves. And, you know, maybe you can add, keep an extra pitcher because of him and he fits into the role that way. 
you know, even that would be a huge win. I'm not even saying he's got to be a type of starter type person. So we're saying um, he's learning still, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. I don't think that you can make any kind of declaration on him. And I do think I want to see more. I really do. Um, He showed something interesting. I thought even in, in the Cubs series, Um, he's played third base because Cabrian Hayes decided to beat himself up. So (laughs) <laughs> so somebody had to play over there and you'd like it to be a guy that can catch pop-ups so wilmer defoe's on the bench oh hoy god park, hey come on so hoy, <laughs> so hoy park is playing third base and, and yes you know in the game on on uh on thursday there was a bunt down the third baseline and he charged it and abandoned third base where he probably could have gotten an out had he retreated and let the pitcher get the ball right mm-hmm Today, or not today, I'm sorry, I guess today, yesterday, whenever, you know, when we're not recording this day of, so. I don't even, um, Gary, I don't even know what day of the week it is, so you're good. I'm well, not going to correct Let's you. go, let's go with Friday now that I've had time to reset. <laughs> so Friday, uh, same exact play happens and Hoy Park backs off to third base and covers the bag and Stephen Brock gets it and throws it to first. That's learning. He is only playing like I think his third game at, at third base in the major leagues. Yeah. That's pretty good to see an instant recognition of a lesson. Got it, sunk in, put it to put it to practice right away. It's a rare situation you don't get to see too often play out on a baseball field where you get instant redemption. That, that was really good. Yeah, and, and let me just add this too. That is the difference between sitting there in practice and you're taking grounders and you're just trying to get acclimated to a new position as opposed to when you get in the game and you, then you have situational baseball. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not just as simple as, Oh, can he go over there and field the position when you're playing different positions? It's literally a thinking pr- process at that point. And you're over there thinking, okay, if this happens, like I've got to go do this and I've got, I've got this responsibility yeah as opposed to just when you play a position for years and years and years, you know it. So these are the things that, that, yeah, that, that are going to happen. All right. Well, who you got? Okay, great. Let's do this one. Cause I want to, I want to, I want people to, even though this is still not on YouTube, I want your, uh, I want to see in here and feel these people when they see your brain explode here. So here it goes. <laughs> Anthony Alford. Anthony Alford. Oh boy. I mean, his brain just exploded. The power's there. The power's real. The connection is not. He has not fixed his contact issues. If you want somebody that's going to hit 20 home runs a year and and play a pretty decent outfield, I could live with him. But I've made myself okay with Polanco doing the exact same thing. That power is valuable, but you couldn't put that power in the middle of the lineup because he strikes out too much. So it'd have to be at the bottom of the lineup. And I'm not sure his speed plays down there. I don't know that I want to see any more from him, but I have a feeling I'm going to. That's the best way I can put it. I'd like to think he's still learning. The contact numbers were better in the minors, but up here, he's not recognizing shape at all. So I don't know. So you're leaning, you're leaning stank on this one. Yeah. But to be fair, I had made my mind up on him long ago and didn't expect (laughs) to see him again. So, you know, him being recalled to me was almost a surprise. You know, I, I wasn't really expecting to see him again this year. And, well, he um, he forced their hand. I mean, he, he did force their hand. I will I will give him that. He definitely did. And he's up here and he's hitting the ball a long way when he makes contact. Just doesn't make contact enough. Yeah. And I just don't know where you use him if if that's the way he's going to hit. You you can't put him in leadoff. You know, he's not going to hit two through five for you. So is he a six hitter, seven? You don't want him to be in front of the pitcher. That's already a strikeout situation. Right. So it's six or seven. 
does his does his speed play down there? I don't know. You're not yeah, going to bunt he, him over. It's from six, right? No, and, and look, I'm I'm leaning that way too with him. Um, first of all, he's an he's an incredible athlete. Um, I mean, he in he's got he's got speed. He can track a ball. He's made some really good plays defensively. He's got power. But you know, those things don't just make a baseball player. There's plenty of guys that were athletic enough to get signed and whatever. It's then can you become a baseball player and keep progressing through the minors up to the majors? And that's where a lot right. of guys never they never make that jump. Yeah, well, I think that's what a lot of people see potentially happening with Lonnie White. Yeah. You know, they just yeah. drafted. And um, you know, because he's an incredible athlete too, a freak of nature. It's just, and, will, will the skills translate to baseball? I mean, he looked good in high school, obviously, but who knows? Well, hit me hit me with somebody else then. I mean, I'm not going to do Kevin Newman because I think we've talked him to death. <laughs> and I, I also think it's a stretch to continue to call him a prospect. But yeah, let's. I think so. Let's talk Mitch Keller, who's also in that territory at this point. It's getting to be a stretch to call him a prospect. At this point, he's a he's a low level major leaguer. Hmm. I was afraid you'd ask me about him. Um, he's a tough one. He is. Um, <laughs> I want to take the ultimate cop out here and say stinky, but learning. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that. I don't know. If that, <laughs> I don't know if that that's even fair in this in this little uh, debate we're having here, but. Um, he's, well, I'm, I guess the point is really everybody that we're going to name here truly stinks. Yeah. So we're, we're determining, do they stink and we're done looking at them or yeah. are they learning and we want to see more? I think that's really the question. Yeah. You know, he's look, he's still learning. I know people don't want to hear that. Um, he's certainly made all of us pull our hair out at times watching him pitch watching how he attacks batters. Um, I think even he's got a little bit of a nickname. Uh, Chaz on uh, Twitter started calling him Nibbles, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> like, because that's how he kind of goes about trying to, you know, attack hitters. And it gets him in a whole lot of trouble, obviously. So um, he's learning. I mean, he's got 30-some starts now. He yep. just put the, he just put together a, a really nice one, so that was good to see. Um, I just think for the Pirates and where they're at, there's no real reason to move on from him. I think it's premature. He's the kind of guy that goes somewhere else, and all of a sudden you're like, then you hear 10 million screams from Twitter about why they moved on from him. Well, yeah, I think you'd hear screams from me at this point too, because I, yeah. I'm not I'm not done with Mitch Keller. Um, I'm you know. I have questions about what they've tried to do with them, you know, from, a, from a, um, a pitching coach standpoint, you know, it's one thing to hear announcers say the pitcher needs to start throwing inside. Um, well, at some point the coach needs to make the pitcher throw inside. You need to start calling some targets in there. You know, you need to start, forcing the issue and and making it a priority and if he gets lit up like a downtown christmas tree trying it so what you're the coach you don't care what the fans say right now you're not trying to win right now let him give up eight home runs trying to pitch inside force the issue and make it happen you know yeah he's not and that's the funny thing about mitch keller is is he's not super wild so um his hesitancy to, to you know pitch inside and and let's be clear when you get to the major leagues you have to be willing to pitch inside you have to be able to get those pitches in and up and on hitters hands or you're just not going to be successful unless you're in a reliever and maybe a reliever role and you're in there for two, three batters, and you've just got absolute wipeout stuff. Even then, you better have something devastating and low. To offset that, right? Yeah, like, like a really hard sinker 
You can yeah. get away with that. Yeah. But, yeah. But we're talking still a handful. The eye inside. And that's what Mitch isn't doing. Everything he throws is outside, outer third, targets it over and over again. And then when he goes inside at all, it's way up and missable up. Like nobody's going to swing at that up. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a fear. You got you to gotta be able to, to paint that inner third and you got to be able to do it to jam some of these guys. That's really what you have to do. And it keeps them off from diving out over the slider. It, it's it's coachable so is he not taking the coaching because i'll be blunt i'm not seeing it called in game i'm not seeing the catcher set up inside so to me that's the coaches not making it happen well and and to your point with that is and um this is maybe partly another discussion but for another time but you know they've they've been a little bit back and forth with uh, Perez and Keller or Perez and Stallings with Keller. And you're right. You're not seeing it with either. So what does that maybe tell you about, about things that it's probably not, it's probably not just a player thing, right? Right. That's what I'm thinking because you'd think you'd be seeing cross-ups if he was just throwing what he wanted, you know, and we're not Mm -hmm. seeing that. So to me, it, it's definitely just a, a weird thing that I, for some reason, they're not emphasizing. It really, really should be. But hey, I'm not in the room. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we don't understand what he's shaking off. Yeah, I, you know, again, there's stubbornness with guys too, and um, he's not the first pitcher that's come up that's been hesitant to uh, pitch inside. You either. You either come by that naturally, I think, or you have to learn to do it. And yeah, right. um, that that's really where we're at with him. He's still learning, guys. I, I mean, I know we all want to just hit the eject button so many times with him. But we've they've got to be patient with him still. I hate to say it, but they have to. Yeah, I, I can't see any other way around it. Um, now... I will say that patience starts to run out next year. Yes. There's, there's no way you can go through more than half a season struggling to make him into something. I mean, they'd have to make a decision to either put him in the bullpen or send him back down at that point. I just don't see it going on longer than that. I really don't. No, I think you go in the next year. Um, hopefully everything's full steam ahead with spring training and, everything and um you just see what he does see how he responds and at that point then we're what into is that year four with him now i mean technically 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 no i mean we're we're counting 2020 we're counting like a cup of coffee in 2019 it's you know parts of three years it'll be his fourth year calendar year of being in the league so yeah you want to start seeing something that's really all there is to it it shouldn't be new to him next year it shouldn't be headline news when he throws six scoreless right six scoreless um the other night and you know uh, immediate cries that it's the best start he's ever had i don't disagree with that statement but it shouldn't be that (laughs) i'm not saying you expect that every time out you don't but it also shouldn't be um a revelation that that he threw six scoreless you know no um that that's the kind of growth that you expect from him next year and and if you don't see it or or he comes out looking deer in the headlights again this year i'm sorry next year's the ripcord it's just gotta be yeah, I, I agree. Um, do we have time for another one? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, let me hit you with some Michael Chavis. Oh, man. I mean, he's been hurt. So I I wasn't yeah. really done seeing him already. I'm, I, Michael Chavis is a great one to end on because to me, this one's easy. He's learning. I've liked what I've seen. I'd like to see him draw a few more walks. Um Right now, his on-base percentage and his batting average match. That's not great. You know, I'd like to see him get on with that speed a little bit more, especially if he's going to bat lead off as he was. 
um, before he got hurt. I liked what he did with the glove. I was pretty happy to see how he played second base. I thought he did a good yeah. job there. Surprised um, me a little, actually. He, he actually, actually shades of Frazier, to be honest. I'm not saying he was quite as athletic, but he, he was pretty reliable over there. Pretty good glove. Um, bat, he's not striking out as much as I feared he would. Um, he seems to be making pretty good contact. I definitely want to see more. Yeah, I, here's what's interesting now with him. Um, if you look at him from a uh, as complete of a pitcher as we have after three, four years now of him getting some at-bats, so we're up to 594 at-bats for his career. So, yeah, I mean, we can start looking at it like, okay, we've got maybe a full season's worth of, of um, data to look at. And so... Um, you're talking 26 homers, 85 RBI. Um, and this includes his bad play and his good play, really. Yeah, and and not getting um, a ton of consistent play either, other than his other than I think his first. I mean, half of those came in his rookie season. Yeah. So you know the batting average, even the batting average isn't terrible. I mean. And everyone's like batting average of this, batting average of that. But 239, his on-base percentage is, is really bad, 293. Yeah. But, um, you know, his OPS is over 700. You know, I, I mean, seven about 715 slugging. He's in the he's in the fours. So I, I just look at that and I think, yeah, there's something there. And, I mean, I definitely put him in that category. And it's just a shame that he got things cut short a little bit because I was – Fairly impressed with what I saw early on in a very small, obviously very small yeah. sample. Spring's going to be pretty interesting next year. It really is. Uh, it's not only from a, a standpoint of who they get to hold on to. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think the Rule Five draft is going to be all devastating for us. You know, I think we'll lose probably a player we care about. I do think that, but we'll be okay. Um, yeah, the rule. The rule five uh, panic right now is similar to um, Steelers salary cap panic that, that gripped the nation there for a little bit. Um, <laughs> these, these, these things, at least Steeler nation, these things have a tendency to work themselves out. Maybe not exactly how you'd want. Yeah. But it'll be fine. They, yeah. The, the point is a lot of these guys are, that, that are in our top, 30 prospects plus some of these these newer additions they're going to be back in the spring and it's going to be a pretty fun competition this year uh maybe won't be the uh death march that it was this year as we were barreling towards what we knew would be a a painful season maybe next year it'll be a little more fun um let's go ahead and take a quick break though when we come back we're going to do some some yinzer style translations of team executives i think it's going to be a lot of fun Looking forward to it. All right, and welcome back to Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Uh, next up, we're going to talk um, about the way coaches and team executives love to talk to us. You know, it, you always know that they don't necessarily mean what they're saying in those statements. And I just thought it would be kind of fun for us to to read a few of those statements and then right here live and in person, go ahead and translate them immediately into what common fans should really take from it. All right. And Jim has been so kind as to gather some, and, and I understand there's some interesting characters in his cast he's gotten here. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, what I really like about this, and just to give you guys uh, a peek behind the, the scene here, um, Gary and I like to do this without knowing what's coming, um, just like the last segment <laughs> where it's just it's just more fun right because this is kind of like sitting at the bar and we're just throwing stuff at each other and i want to i'm a i'm afraid of what's going to come out of my mouth and i'm interested in what's going to come out of gary's so 
you know, it, it, it tends to work itself out and it's just natural. It's a more natural way to do it. And I just like, you know, it's, it's just fun to do. So without further ado, let's, and we're going to, we're going to keep this uh, pirate centric, obviously. Um, granted, it would be, if we did, if we did all of major league baseball or just maybe even the teams we, we hate or despise, it would be fun too. But yeah, let's, <laughs> Let's stick with the Pirates. Yeah, I don't okay. want to touch the Mets right now. So, oh, can you imagine? It would be, it would be oh, that we'll we'll do we'll do a side podcast for that. Um, okay, so, um, all right, let's start with something really recent, and I am looking for the right one, and so here we go. This is Derek Shelton talking about the recent dismissal of Pirates hitting coach Rick Eckstein. All right. One of my favorite subjects. Yeah. And is it Eckstein or Eckstein? Eckstein. Eckstein. Okay. All right. Here's Sheltie. (laughs) I appreciate Rick's tireless work ethic and his passion for our players. Despite the challenging season, Rick always put in the effort to connect and help our players. He's a great person who we all will be rooting for in his next opportunity. This one's super easy, everybody. I don't want to say anything bad about him. He worked really hard. I like the guy personally. But I was a hitting coach, and that ain't it. You know, it's 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 funny you put that last part in there because I think one of his other quotes was he knows how hard it is to uh, be a hitting coach personally, um, and maybe I don't know if everyone realizes that, but that's kind of his his uh, niche, if you will, um, that he came up as a hitting instructor in the Twins organization, and that's his kind of his forte, which maybe should frighten everybody, but. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> well, it should frighten everybody, but Clint Hurdle was as well. And I, you know, Dayon just told a story that, you know, I, re- I remembered myself um, on his podcast last week about Clint Hurdle having the same issue where he, he'd be watching the guys in the cage and he's thinking, oh man, I see this. Oh man, I see that. And he didn't want to step on his hitting coach's toes. So he just kind of ate it, you know? So imagine Shelton, this wasn't even his hire. This isn't his batting plan. And he sat there for a year and a half coaching it. That can't be easy, you know, and that doesn't mean that he didn't like the guy or didn't respect him or think he was doing a good job. It's just, that's not been his vision of how to approach hitting instruction for a year and a half. I'm surprised it lasted this long. I mean, I I wrote it in my season preview that I I thought this was the year Eckstein would get shown the door. So, I mean, I'm not shocked. Yeah, that's a great point when it comes to, um, you know, it's different in sports when it's your guy, right? When it's your guy, that's something that you're attached to the hip with and you feel a responsibility there and there's more weight to it. The fact that he did stick around this long, um, yeah, I mean, that's 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 something to think about right there. So yeah, it speaks um, to the work that he did with a few specific players, I'm guessing. And sounds like he was a good guy. And you know what we talk about, Oh, this is performance based and whatever, but relationships matter. And it sounds like maybe things might end it, uh, maybe even earlier, but he's, he, he, he was a valued member as a guy in the clubhouse, if nothing else. All right, let's do another one. I like this. Okay. So, all right, here we go. This is Ben Sherrington speaking about, and this comes off just to give you a little bit of context is this is a quote from, they were kind of talking about um, approaching the hundred loss mark and wins and losses and whatnot. So, um, okay. Um, Okay, so culturally within our clubhouse and baseball operations, we need to focus on drilling down to a much more 
granular level. I'm thinking about, did we win that pitch? Can we win the next pitch? <laughs> Gary? Oh, man. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. Give you a second to think about it. <laughs> I love the gran granular level. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so... I, too, have worked in an office for years. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, granular level. Um, I mean, I immediately parse that because of the business world. You know, that that gets said to me all the time. Oh, you're being too granular. That means you're thinking too small. You're thinking of a very small element of a very big project, right? So in this application, what Ben Charrington's saying basically is, um, yeah, we understand the big picture doesn't look good, but that's okay because right now we're focused on such a small thing. That's how many fragments we've broken this project into. We've got everything torn apart and we're looking through all the pieces so don't you worry about that big picture because this little picture right now, you're looking at a jigsaw puzzle. We're going to put it all back together. It's going to be sweet. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. It sound boy, that sounded pretty good. You may have, you may have a second career coming up here pretty soon. PR um, is a thing brother. Yeah. I've been watching because, it done poorly in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization for 30 some years. I think I ought to know what they should say. Boy, that that is so true. I don't even know where to start. And I don't want to go off on a tangent, so I will stay focused here. Um, yeah, you know. Granular. He, <laughs> it's, uh, it's so. There's, it, some dude, that, there's some dude in Blahnox that was like, Here's another one of these guys that thinks they're smarter than everyone else in the room. <laughs> yeah, definitely. He's your cousin he's, from Dormont. <laughs> your cousin from Dormont, which listen, if you get that, it's hilarious. If you don't, I apologize it. But just as a just as a um, uh, bit of warning, you may be hearing that little segment coming up soon. <laughs> All right, let's move on now that we're over granular. All right. So, and bear with me here because I am uh, scrolling through a uh, ton of screenshots and there's just so many to pick from. All right, let's do this one. And I know that we put a bow on it. We tucked it in. We put it to bed. We sent him off with... Uh, much fanfare and by much i mean very little so um, much that we sent them to another country <laughs> so here goes and i've got something i want to add but i will wait to hear gary's response first so gregory prolonco this is this is from august 13th okay all right so and this is ben sherrington talking about gregory polanco oh man I think we have felt and still feel to this point. He's a really talented player that's still not that old. And we think finally healthy. We think he's still capable of being a good major league player. We're not blind to that performance. He is. If you think about the last couple of years for Gregory, whether it was injuries or the short season up until this year, he just simply didn't play a lot of baseball for a while. So I think we've had some desire to give him every chance to play a lot of baseball and find himself again. <laughs> um, I mean, I know exactly what he means here. Um, I have to find a delicate way to tell you that we were paying this guy a lot of money to play baseball and we wanted him to get himself traded this year, but his bat would not cooperate, nor would his arm. But he was a really talented player that we genuinely liked an awful lot. And we did hope he would get better. It just didn't happen. Um, that said, I don't have any better options. So he's probably still going to play for a while. Well, and that, you know what, that's, that's what's so great about this quote. And the reason I mentioned the date of it, yep. which was August 13th. Now, 15 days later, 
Yep. Through, <laughs> you know exactly where I'm going with this. 15 days later, through a series of uh, unfortunate events and leaks and miscategorizations of what was actually happening, thanks to a certain member of the Pittsburgh media that I won't uh, mention, maybe Gary will. Um, you know, so yeah, 15 days later, they released Gregory Polanco. And yeah. I didn't even I didn't even have the energy to go look and how many at bats that was in that 15 day span for things to change that drastically. It hardly matters because it's 15 days. Right. I mean, the thing is, you know, we want them to be straightforward with us, but some of the things that you want them to be straightforward about, man, it. <sighs> It's just not how you talk about an employee at any level, you know, like if you've ever had to fire somebody that you thought did a really, really bad job, you may get yourself all worked up about how it's going to go. But when you sit down with them, the first thing out of your mouth is going to be like, you know, we really liked some things you did, you know, (laughs) and we thought you, we thought you gave it your all. It's just, you know, I don't think you're a good fit for what we're trying to to do here and and that i mean you you start out telling them what things that you liked about them and stuff you don't you don't come out and go well yeah i mean he hit 178 for like you know three months out of the year i of course we thought he stunk you know he he's playing because this year doesn't matter and we're paying the guy 11 million dollars what do you want you know i mean it, yeah and it, that's something me and you go back and forth on times because i get real I get real annoyed <laughs> with sports and people in general. Sometimes just don't tell me what they're thinking. I, I don't have the time for that. And Gary, Gary always tries to bring me back down to like, <laughs> Hey man, what do you want them to say? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't like it. And uh, yeah, you're right. Sometimes what are you going to say? And um, truthfully, this <laughs> side note from the pirates you don't want someone coming back shooting up the place. So Gary, when he's letting someone go, I think you're just trying to not get shot in the parking lot, which is fine too. Hey, however you got to get him out the door. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, I just think at, at the end of the day, it's about just trying to make sure um, you're not giving any headlines to anybody to be able to use against you as, as a bad person. And if you're going to say something about a player, you know, you're obviously they're talented or they wouldn't have gotten there in the first place. So it's certainly not a lie to say he's talented. You know, um, he, he works hard. Certainly can tell from his physique that he works hard. It's not like anybody's saying he's not. You know, it, there's things you can say that are true, that are real compliments. And those are the things that you hear in those situations. Never are you going to hear they're terrible. Like they're not. I mean, like it's always a we wish him well and thank him for sure. his efforts, and that's sure. really what you're 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 hearing there. So, yep. Um, well, I'll tell you what. I've been saving this one, and actually, Gary, I want to hear you do it. I want to hear if you can. I want to hear what you think on this, and then I would love to hear maybe you do the fan response to this one too. Because good. this is from... this can only be Bob Nutting, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is from our our dear friend, our our leader, um, and our inspiration, Bob Nutting. Yes. Who, if you're who, if you're not aware, is um, the owner of the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I believe league wide, if not industry wide, if not sports wide, looked at as one of the finer owner in professional baseball and elsewhere so moving on from that there's also your stan account soon i'm sure oh yeah there's there's plenty of them out there so here we go this is from march because as we all know bob nutting speaking is a little bit of a bigfoot scenario to begin with but yeah, it was I really, either this or a charities quote. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to find some stuff, but I did. I loved this one. So here we go. Um, I've always thought of baseball as a very large bucket. 
where Ben allocates money as he sees fit. Major League Payroll is a critical piece of it, but it's not the only piece. There's development, the infusion of talent, the draft, and the international program. I don't know why I made him foreign there, but I wanted to, I wanted, I wanted it to feel like he was he was rich and talking down. So that's yes, I, I felt like you with. were going for aristocrat. And yeah. The, and because you're an old Pittsburgher, you couldn't think of anyone but Andrew Carnegie. Yes. So okay. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Bob Nutting, rich old miser. <laughs> um I mean, my first reaction is Ben Charrington gave him some some buzzwords about stuff they're doing that's baseballs because he doesn't pay any attention to baseball. I mean, he watches the games, I'm sure, and and has a general understanding of what's going on with the sport and the game. But I honestly believe him to be very hands off when it comes to um, the actual operations of the baseball team. I feel he trusted Frank Coonley and Neil Huntington completely too much. Um, let them make some very terrible decisions and, and lead the organization in, in a bad direction on top of the budget restrictions that he sets forth. Um, I do believe he, he's kind of just parroting what he's told there. That's me personally. Now, if I'm a fan, I'm hitting on the bucket word right away. Yeah, bucket, Mr. Bucket, because the team makes me puke the entire time I watch the play. Right. I mean, and, and you forgot to mention one category, Bob, that that's pretty important is, is um, above those ones that you wanted to say were more important. It's the money, Bob, because we need that part too. And um, it always surprises me. And I I've heard it done. I've heard people press back on him before, you know, um, Right after the hiring of of Charrington, you know, Dayon and his crew did a really good job of pushing back on him and asking about asking money questions and asking the investment questions and um, all anybody wanted to keep saying was that phrase that I know you hate so bad, which is, "We'll spend when it's appropriate." Right? Oh man! Now, I hate that personally too. I. I understand why that plays because they don't want to tell you when appropriate is. All right. And if I'm Ben Charrington, to be blunt, I don't want to tell you because I don't want to be wrong. You know, if I say when I, when I asked for money in 2024, he's given it to me. Well, what if I'm not ready for that money in 2024 because something happened on the development end that didn't go as I expected and so-and-so isn't here or didn't pan out and I need this extra year before I get to that window. Um, so from his side of things, I understand why he wouldn't want to define it. From Bob's side of things, if Charrington's to be believed, um, when he asks for it, he's going to get it. So he's not going to give you a year either. <laughs> I mean, the milestone that we're looking for is is something that nobody's willing to commit to. And that's yeah, the fact. And, and yet that that's and really it gets down to at a granular level, uh, <laughs> if, if you will. <laughs> what is the definition of appropriate and whose definition is it? Right, because yep. that is what has always got me very. Uh, I bristle at that because I can't say this for certain. Ninety-nine point nine percent sure. Me and Bob Nutting view appropriate and and how much and when and what probably at a very different uh, level than. Um, the other one thinks so maybe i mean like salaries have gone up over the past half decade right so the last time that they got the team to to competitive 2013 through 15 right that was done on a shoestring budget they they came up a little over 100 million and 100 million i think you could agree is appropriate you know as, as far as like what this market should expect as a baseline right? I, think I, don't, so. I don't think they should be down in the 50s. They don't, I don't think they need to get that far. And 
Um, I think they did this time. <laughs> this is where I make the distinction. This is the kind of rebuild I've always wanted. I've wanted a full burn it down, start from the studs rebuild. And I finally have gotten what I've been asking for. That requires a very low payroll. I mean, it really does. And, and you want those high draft picks. So it doesn't behoove you to go out and sign Carlos Correa. Not that he would anyway. It doesn't behoove you to go out and sign one of those big studs because you don't want the team to be real good. And you want to give your prospects room to grow into their positions and everything. So I get it from that perspective. Um, I think the problem is we, we haven't understood that inflation has taken place in baseball. So this year, we're this time when they get there, just through arbitration and rudimentary free agent signings and extensions here and there, they'll get this up around 130 just through attrition by like, I'll put a year on it because they won't, 2025. That's when arbitrations are going to time up on some of these players. And I think extensions are going to be in place and they'll probably have a free agent or two in-house because they're probably at least trying to compete. So the, the salary will go up. Now, is he going to say, hey, you guys didn't spend all this money from 2019 on, so my baseline's 100 million, I've done the math and you've got an extra 150 million to spend this year because I've set it aside and put it in an escrow. That's what some people out there want you to believe. I don't believe that for a hot second. Oh, I don't. God, no. But that's nope. what a lot of people want you to believe they mean by the money will be there, a la the Padres, where they are a team in a smaller market as well, but they are spending well over $200 million. And Soon you will start to watch that evaporate because they can't sustain that in that market. And it will start to matriculate back out before they go into a rebuild themselves. Now they have their system to a point where it might sustain itself a little bit at a lower cost, but you'll see that payroll start to go down. That That's a completely different animal that I don't yeah. think he'll do. So as far now, as when is he gonna spend? Through attrition, 25, 26, something like that. Is it gonna come from a, a bombastic out there trading for everything? No, I don't think so. Not at all. I, I really don't. But if it comforts you to believe that, then there you go. <laughs> You're never going to get an answer to that question that's straightforward ever. No, no. And I, you know, and that, that, that is part of, I think, you know, to be fair with people is that they worry about because um, he doesn't have a lot of trust in this town. And he's really going to have to prove it to people. And we'll see when that happens. Um, I have my reservations. I much rather just prefer them to build from within because I think if people are expecting, like you said, some huge, you know, free agent acquisitions, I don't think it's going to happen that way. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I just like being realistic because then I'm not disappointed. That's what I expect to happen. And I think if that's, what I believe is going to happen, this is the way I want it done. This is the best route to take to get a, a very, very small possibility chance of, of winning. Yeah, That's okay, because I heard now we have a surefire dynasty on account of two players of the month in Greensboro, in Greensboro and the Marauders. So It's that easy. We all know We all know dynasties are still a thing in professional sports. They're rampant. And especially non-cap leagues with small market club. You just, you just took the words out of my mouth and especially in baseball where it just comes down to sheer want to and uh, grit. So, yeah. oh man. So we've used granular and grit in the same episode and that <laughs> means we're done, Jim. It's time to say goodbye. So, uh, Hey, next week, don't forget big show launches next week. And, uh, we really can't wait to, uh, bring it to you. It's really going to be a lot of fun. And uh, without further ado, catch up with me on Twitter, GaryMO2007 and Jim. For the city underscore 412 or at Jim Stam 22. Uh, looking forward to next week, Gary. 
And um, yeah, I'm always on Twitter, pretty much 24/7. My wife's chagrin. <laughs> and uh, Pirates, Steelers, Pitt, Penguins. So I'm um, always looking forward to talking to people and talking sports. So I'm excited. All right, let's go, Bucks. Thank you.